Welcome to Let's Talk. Today we're going to be talking about social injustice, and with us we have Tiffany Bake, Kayla Barcenas. Social injustice is a really broad topic, and there's a lot of different issues when it comes to this. So, what do you guys want to start with? Well, I want to ask, like, first of all, what is social injustice to you? When you hear that term, what do you think of first? Social injustice, when I think about it, I think of racial discrimination. I think of gender inequality, um, our our education system being screwed up. I think uh, I think of it as issues in our world that have to do with our basic human rights and issues that shouldn't be issues right now because everyone should have the right to not be stereotyped. Everyone should have the right to a good education system and everyone should have the right to not being judged on your color, your age, your gender, and etc. I agree. Honestly, I think you have a pretty great description of what social injustice means like obviously there's a lot that goes into it yeah absolutely and i think um you know especially over covid the issues have come to light more and with congress now you know like the squad you know aoc um i think there's a bigger diversity in politics now and these issues are coming to light and people are starting to talk about them more than they used to so what topic do you guys want to start with we can talk about human rights racism the education system economic inequality what do you guys want to start with i think we should start with racism because a lot of people have been experiencing racial discrimination you know from even the day they're born but right now is a time is a very precarious time where people are like experiencing racial discrimination more than ever like the issues are brought up now people are not being silent anymore yeah i totally agree um but personally uh like i've experienced racial discrimination um and recently with i'm in the I'm in the Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice of 2020 this year, and uh, that's our first topic that we've been talking about over the past two weeks, which was um, racial injustice. And that's where I like first actually got to talk about my experiences um, uh, with people from Xavier, with my peers from Xavier, which is this group that I'm in. Um, and I think it's actually it's pretty it's pretty nice that I can actually finally talk about it and be a part of something too. Um, to just bring it to light, to actually do something to help. Yeah, and I think I think when we talk about racism, I think it starts in the house, you know? There's a lot of closeted racism, even in different um, communities, you know, like the Hispanic community. I know there's a lot of closeted racism. And the way people see it, they don't see it as racism, they see it as jokes. But at the end of the day, those jokes could put in, put into kids' minds that it's okay to make fun of someone because of their color or to stereotype them. And I think that's where it starts. And that's um, our responsibility to stop that and, you know, educate the people who don't see anything wrong with it. Actually, I agree. I agree with what you said. Um... Like it, it does it does start like um, growing up with just family members and then you think like oh it's fine it's fine but and then you actually experience it in the real world and you think well there's something that clicks in which is like wait something's not right here I think especially now with um, police brutality becoming such a big issue and people finally seeing the problem and I think it just goes to show how messed up our 
our system is, you know, the pol- police, our officers, they're the people who we're supposed to trust, but how can we trust them when they're racially profiling people? You know, if you look at the statistics, it, it you can see just how much racial discrimination there truly is. I mean, statistics show that black people are three times more likely to be killed by police, and they have a 1.3 times more likely chance to be unarmed and 98.3% of the of these killings by police and this is data from 2013 to 2020 have not resulted in officers being charged with these crimes and that's where it begins and I think that's a, such a big problem right now because they're not being charged they're not people aren't seeing that this is a big issue yeah basically there's just there's no justice for for those who are being um targeted it's just no one's taking responsibility for what's happening Okay, well, moving like up aside to another uh, discussion, I guess, um, I think it's kind of, I don't know if you guys ever wondered like how some people have to think of certain uh, situations, whereas others people don't. Like, for example, one race will have to think of so many like situations where like, oh, what do I have to do if this happens? What do I have to do if this happens? Usually with, um, with, like, with the law, whereas there's other races who don't ever have to think about that. It's just kind of kind of kind of crazy. I do agree because I know that a lot of stereotypes contributed to this where certain races have to be cautious of the way they act. For example, some people might have to make sure they're not wearing their hoodies over their head because they're afraid of looking suspicious, which is only because their race is stereotyped to be like criminals, right? Meanwhile, majority groups who wear a hoodie over their heads and don't have to worry about that at all. They just like, they go in the store, they buy their item and head back. But some people have to remember like, oh, what am I wearing right now to make sure I'm not being suspicious, right? And especially with the COVID happening, that um, a lot of Asian people have been profiled and victims of hate crimes especially because some people call it the chinese virus which causes a lot of people to believe that the virus came from china but even if it has come from china the hate crimes are mostly towards asian americans actually like even if they have never stepped a foot into china they are possibly another victim of a hate crime. They could go into a store and some person will see them and will be like, hey, aren't you the one causing corona, right? Even if the judgment has no logical basis, they'll still say, hey, you're the one who caused corona, right? You're Chinese. It doesn't even matter what the race the Asian American is because as long as they look Asian, they'll be like, hey, we're the one who caused corona and this is why we have to be in quarantine right now. It's placing the blame of a whole virus on a group of people. It doesn't come from a group of people. And another thing is like, um, you know, the president, he calls it the Chinese virus and his followers are seeing that and they're thinking it's okay to call it that. It's okay to target um, Asian Americans when it's not, you know, it's not their fault. At the end of the day, even if it, it it did come from China, it shouldn't even be a thought in people's mind that it's okay to 
make a hate crime because of this, you know? At the end of the day, we're quarantining so much because some people don't want to believe in this virus. Some people aren't social distancing, aren't wearing masks. And that's where the problem comes from, you know? These stereotypes that are put in people's heads and they don't see anything wrong with that. That's what needs to change at the end of the day. I agree with Giselle, yeah. And, you know, being a, like, people of color, you know, they're targeted more. And, like, if you're black... Um, and you're driving, you have to take extra steps just to make sure that you aren't targeted and you aren't stereotyped, you know? That's sad. That shouldn't that shouldn't be happening. You know, they shouldn't have to put their hands on a dashboard. They shouldn't have to say that they're unarmed. You know, they pose no threat except being pulled over because they, they were speeding or something. You know, they pose no threat until they show it, you know? And the fact that people automatically have the mentality like, oh, they're a person of color. We need to like protect ourselves and we need to make sure that they have nothing. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a thought in someone's mind, you know? And it's the generations before us that have lived by this, that have created these stereotypes and created these thoughts and they put into the younger generations that they think it's okay. And it's not because at the end of the day, you shouldn't be stereotyping somebody or um, discriminate against someone because of the color of their skin. Yeah, I was going to say that, um, like, when it comes to social injustice, I think it's mostly against uh, any and all minorities um, uh, in the world, and it is really unfair. It's just like, and what you brought up about how how people of color have to put their hands on a dashboard or have to take extra precautions when, when they're with the law, which the law should be protecting them as citizens. Um but like I think of when when kids or the younger generation they grow up and parents have to have specific talks like to help them to help them like to show them how to survive uh, in society and like especially with the law which is something that should be there to protect all citizens like regardless of color yeah and the fact that um, people of color, um, parents of of kids of people of color have to have these conversations with their kids at such a young age. It it shouldn't be happening, you know. Like, why have we let it gone this far? They're like, you're ten years old and your parent is having a conversation with you about how you are going to be treated differently based on the color of your skin. Like that should not be happening. And I think it it also, um, you know, like you go to the store and you see the dolls and you people stereotype and say that oh like you blonde hair blue eyed are the prettiest you know like those are the dolls you want when when that shouldn't be the stereotype it shouldn't be you know by um blonde hair blue eyed is like the standard beauty type because there shouldn't be a like a standard beauty type in the first place you know especially when it comes to down to color so it's just like there's no representation for any other races at all which I, I also think that's a sort that's a form of social injustice it's just like how are how are children um supposed to grow up not seeing their race represented in social media or like or anything um out in public it's just it just puts them into mentality that that they're they're not represented and they're not gonna that they are minorities again that they're they're kind of helpless i would hope that in the future minorities or or anyone who feels like they're helpless or can't do anything can um, can try to to do the most they can to break the stereotypes, to do something in the world to help like the social injustice that's happening. 
Yeah, and I think the misrepresentation in media is what causes a lot of this, you know? You know, you see a bunch of um, celebrities, um, people of color, um, artists who talk about not having a role model who look like them. And they, they're wanting to be that role model. Why have we let it gone that far? Why have we let these kids think of themselves like, oh, I'm not beautiful. I'm not I'm not what the, the media or society sees as beautiful. Like, that is so sad that that people of color don't see represent... There's not enough representation in media and in music and in acting for them to be represented and be able to see a character and be like, I relate to them, you know, they're like me. Yeah, I think representation of minorities in, the, uh, in um, just in the public is also, it's an important thing. And when you think of representation in the media, often minority groups, they have to fit into stereotypes. So you don't really see often a, a black nerd, for example, but you see often a submissive, quiet Asian girl who's a nerd, right? And there's also stereotypes of that sexualizes a lot of minorities. So for example, like there will be a Hispanic girl in a movie and she's instantly feisty, she's very sassy, and they put those stereotypes onto her and she has to fit that role. Even with representation, if the representation only represents stereotypes, that's not representation. That is it's true you know like when you see um a black person on a tv they're usually sassy then they're loud and they're um over the top and that's such a big stereotype and the same thing with um latinas and hispanics you see the sassy feisty latina um and that shouldn't be the stereotype you know so for an example i'm on tiktok and i see these videos of of this guy who makes videos like how God made Latinas and it's like spicy and it's like feisty and all the the Latinas in the comments are like you forgot toxic you know it has been such a big stereotype in the world that not only are we accepting it but we are just we're accepting it and women are living by it they're like oh yeah I'm toxic like that's a good thing you know that shouldn't be the mentality of Latinas and Hispanics and um, Black Americans and Asians, you know, there's so many stereotypes and people are living by them and accepting them when we should be breaking down those stereotypes and saying, no, I'm just because I'm this specific color, just because this is my ethnicity or race does not mean that I fit the stereotype. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, but I, I also wanted to say with Tiffany saying she brought up uh, she brought up roles, and then my head went to like gender roles and how it's portrayed in movies or in in books and all that. Um, like just specific example, um, like Hispanic women, they're the the role is the stereotype in the role is usually to be a housewife to be. Uh, to be very uh, obedient to the husband, to be, uh, to take care of children, to do any, any, all the housework and all that. So it's just, it's just kind of, I remember uh, growing up and just seeing that everywhere in movies and, and books and all that. And I always thought like, oh, that's what, that's what I'm, that's what I'm meant to do. Like, that's what my future is. But it's not what it should be. It's, no one should grow up thinking that. They should grow up thinking that they could do whatever they want to do. Yeah, and I think, you know, growing up Latina or Hispanic, you grow up with, um, you know, machi machismo. You grow up with that, and you see... Oh, yeah, machismo culture. Uh, yeah, exactly, and you see, and it is okay to be, um, like, it is, it is made okay for men to be toxic to 
Um, or like even growing up, like um, my sisters and I are supposed to clean up the kitchen after dinner or after breakfast, and that's okay. But I have a brother, and he didn't start doing that until a couple years ago, when he should have been doing it with us in the first place. Because just because he's a guy and I'm a girl doesn't mean that that my sisters and I should be in charge of cleaning. You know, it should be an all. It should be all of us. And like recently, that's changed. You know, and it it shouldn't have have even been in the first place. You know. Yeah, I agree. No, for me, um, uh, growing up, it was just the me and my sister. We would we're we're the ones that clean the house. We help my mom clean, um, and then the boys will take the trash out or to take the dumpsters out. But that's it. That's that's what that's all they have to. That's all they're in charge of. And then they have to go to work. It's it's totally unfair. Like against against women. It's just exactly you know. And like and I'm like okay so. I'm held to different expectations for my grades or wanting to hang out with my friends. If I want to hang out with my friends, I need to know the time, the date, who's going, what time we want to be picked up at, what are we going to do? But when he wants to go somewhere, they're like, okay, um, he's not expected to know that. And like, obviously he's older than me now, but even before, like I, my mom has, my parents have to know it exactly at that time, but with him, they didn't need to. And I guess you could argue that we grew up at different times, but still, you know. No, I think it's still, I think that, like, regardless, it still holds up because um, it's just, it's just a difference in gender um, uh, that, like, they, they, I get it, they just, they want to know all the details for our safety because we are females, which also, that's another form of social injustice where it's just, like, going out in public, I don't know about you, but as a female, I I will be scared at certain times of the day to be alone out in public, which I shouldn't have to feel scared. I should have the right to feel, how like, just to feel okay to be in, out in public and, like, nothing's gonna happen to me. But, of course, that's not, that's not possible. It's just, like, with my race and with my gender, it's just not possible. But, um, but I get it that parents do it for safety, but also it is unfair, like, that we have to grow up with that and that males don't have to do, the males in their house don't have to, um, don't have to live the same way that females do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also, it, it's hypocritical in a way, you know? You're going to hold one of your kids up to this standard, but you're going to hold your other kid up to this standard. Like, that's hypocritical. It shouldn't, they should be held to the same standards. If you expect one child to get all A's and B's, you should expect the other child to get all A's and B's. If you expect the child, one child to do five chores a week, the other kid should have to do five chores a week. It it needs to be equal. And they're not showing that. And, you know, some people, some kids don't have that in a household and it affects them and they start to think that that's okay when in reality it's not it shouldn't be happening and you know it's so sad to see all these videos go up online and it's like and girls how to protect yourself when you're walking alone girls don't forget to have a taser girls i found this new necklace that you press when you feel unsafe girls when you walk to your car look under your look under your car like that shouldn't be happening that shouldn't be accepted and it shouldn't be so normalized you know yeah i totally agree um also, you brought up the uh, equality. I, I wanted to ask, like, I know we're probably going, we're jumping from topic to topic, but I wanted to ask, like, what do you think about uh, equality versus equity? Like, equality being um, everyone gets, like, the same same amount of help, like, as, as minorities, um, just, like, just in general. And then equity meaning one group gets more help than, than an- another group because they need it more than the other group. Like, what do you guys think about those two uh, topics? Like, uh, let me give an example. Like, for equality, um, 
let's say let's that everyone will get the same opportunities that that would be equal right but then and then wouldn't that mean that a certain group of people will get more opportunities because they had that to begin with as for other groups didn't have a single a, a chance for an opportunity or any opportunities at all and then equity would be um uh like not giving uh more opportunities to one certain group because they already have those but it but it would mean giving opportunities to those who don't have any that way they're still at the same level in a way well for equality you would need the people to start at the same place first for things to be actually equal so let's say someone who is working three jobs to support their family versus someone who lives off their mom's inheritance right and then you present them a a really good opportunity for some very good money and who do you think will have more time to work on that opportunity and get it right even if they presented the same opportunity it doesn't mean that they have the equal chance to get that opportunity um i think it i think it should be balanced you know with um you know, there's a lot when you look at scholarships for school, you see a lot of scholarship towards, um, you know, immigrants, you know, kid, kids of immigrants or kids of um, different minorities. And, you know, that's good. That's the diversity that we need in this world, because sometimes it's harder to get the chances that other people get when you are a minority. And it should be it shouldn't be um, like, oh, you're a minority. You shouldn't get this. It's it should be equal at all times, you know? Like, if I go in for a job interview and I have an ethnic name versus a not a person who goes into an interview and doesn't have an ethnic name and we have the same values, who do you think is going to get chosen for the job? You know, that's the inequality that, that needs to be stopped and it shouldn't be stereotyped like that. So, like, do you think that it would be better to have some equity and some equality or just all equity, all equality? I think it needs to be a balance at all times, you know? So like it it would be good to um to be able to give all the same opportunities to everyone, but it would also be good to offer some help to those who struggle more. That topic was brought up at um, the Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice that I'm a part of. I just thought it was really really interesting, and just wanted to get some more opinions on that. Yeah, and I think um, I think something that needs um, to be talked about is, you know, some people can't um, separate basic human rights. Um, and politics, you know, some people can't separate it. And that's the problem when it comes down to politics. You know, people are talking about, you know, the LGBT community. Um, and like they're, they're saying, oh, well, some people are against gay marriage and some people are for gay marriage. You know, that's a basic human right. That shouldn't be discussed or debated in politics, you know, especially because it doesn't affect you at the end of the day. You know, that's a basic human right that shouldn't be debated. So that's where the separation of, of church and separation of politics and separation of basic human rights should come in because there isn't that separation right now and there should be. Yeah, uh, bringing up the, the, the how some people don't know um, the difference between basic human rights and then politics, like the separation of those two things. Uh, specific, a specific situation with that would be uh and like when you first said it the first thing that came to my head was uh, uh was the black lives uh matter and also with with the um, the blue lives matter uh 
when people hear that Black Lives Matter, I like in my head I think like oh it's it's the time where we need to bring attention most to the race that needs the most help right now, or at least trying to get some some power for them. And then there are other people who think that oh you're saying that no other lives matter like no all lives matter, but not in the way you're saying like like every everyone's everyone's life is a value everyone's lives matter but right now we need to talk about um these people of color because that's that's what the attention needs to be focused on if you're a person who hears black lives matter and then you're like oh well all lives matter you know if that thought absolutely comes to your head first thing you should be able to identify that you have racism like you are racist like if you really think that you know no one is saying that all lives don't matter you know that isn't what this is about this race should be prioritized because they're in danger you know they it shouldn't be a thought like oh all lives matter you know and like blue lives matter at the end of the day you know if you you are if you choose to be an officer you know props to you but at the end of the day that's a choice you can take off your uniform at the end of the day and go to the store and not be discriminated against. Black people can't take their color off. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just honestly such it's such a it's such a sad society that we that we have to live in, and um, and I I really hope that we can actually see some real like a lot. We can see a bigger improvement sometime in the future. Yeah. And it, it's sort of sad to think about it. You know, we are, we're a couple of high schoolers talking about this and seeing eye to eye and having a civil conversation when some adults can't do this. You know, that's what's sad because, but it's also like they were raised like that. Yeah, I think, I feel like it's up to like these newer generations of, of um, who eventually are going to have, they're going to give birth to the next generation. Like it's up to us to try to raise um, the new generation a different way in a better way hopefully because of course if you if you try to learn something that means you're aware that you're ignorant in some areas or need more information to make a logical opinion on something so when you realize that you need awareness of this and other people are bringing awareness to you it's your duty to find the information, not wait for someone else to give the information to you. I know that a lot of role models and politicians are trying to give this information, but if you don't actively seek it out, then you become ignorant. And especially, I feel like that some people believe that they're not ignorant because they already get they have already decided their opinion. They have decided that they believe what they believe and it won't change for the rest of their lives. Which is a little bit sad because every day there's new information, right? We discover new things, we make new things. But people who believe that they, are, they already know everything that they, they need to know, they pass on that knowledge to their children. They teach their children their values. And of course, children are most influenced by their parents, right? So once the, once the parents impart this knowledge to the children, they are more likely to also be ignorant. Don't, they don't want to be aware. 
they don't want to accept this awareness. And even if they do accept this awareness, they don't want to hear the other person's opinion. So even if you don't see eye to eye, oftentimes we're able to have a civil conversation about how, I don't know, about social injustice, for example. And even if we don't see eye to eye on a particular issue, we don't shut down the person like say, hey, you're wrong because I know I'm right. That's not how arguments should work. It should be, I understand your point, but here is my point backed up by also evidence. And the other person can reply with their opinion, with their evidence. And in the end, you're not trying to convince someone to take your side. You're trying to tell someone of your opinion and bring awareness about that. You're not trying to convince someone, you're trying to bring awareness. Yeah, people should have that instinct. People should have that want to go educate themselves about a serious issue that we have. And people should go into learning about that issue with an open mind. You know, a lot of these people don't have open minds and they're turning they're, um, turning their cheek and they're, they're being ignorant about it. And that's the problem. That's where the problem comes in. You should go into learning about these things, about social justice issues with an open mind. And you should try to see others pe- other people's perspectives. You know, for example, like, I'm not a person of color. I can never, ever put myself in their shoes. I will never understand what it's like to be racially discriminated against. But I can go in with an open mind and try to see their perspective and say, you know what, you are right. Or, you know what, I do agree with you. We should be talking about this more. At the end of the day, that's what we need. That's what, that's what we should be focusing on, not ignorance and wanting to say, oh, well, my opinion's right. I also think that uh, it's important to have uh, conversations like that, even if they make some people uncomfortable or um, or some people are really strongly opinionated. Uh, but I think it, it takes having these uncomfortable conversations because that's that's a, that's what's going to start the conversation. That's what's going to start um, the discussion to try to hear everybody's thoughts, try to see from every point of view, try, try not to be um, biased on one point of view specifically. Yeah. So now that we've talked a little bit about gender inequality and stereotypes and racism, um, what other topics do you guys want to discuss right now? Uh, I mean, I feel like we've been touching on a lot of topics here today. It's actually very, I'm enjoying this discussion. Um, I think that education and justice, uh, that could be a big one. This topic is, I feel like, is one of the most important topics someone should talk about and bring awareness to. Because honestly, as a person who has moved from school to school and experienced different school environments, I can see the educational difference between schools right away. So... When I compare the quality of education for, you know, a public school in a rather rural place compared to, like, a public school in Los Angeles, for example, the Los Angeles school has way more opportunities, much more qualified, um, a much more better quality of education and teachers as well. And especially when you can see the difference and see that more kids are getting care if you live in a certain place. So 
there's a difference between poor neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods as well. If you live in a rich neighborhood and a school is in there and you go to that school, you know you're getting a much more better education than the school in the poor neighborhood who, you know, who often are comprised of minorities because the rich neighborhoods are often from more privileged background. So, white people, basically. But in more poor neighborhoods, you know, you will see lots more minorities. And I, I think it, it, um, it shouldn't even come down to that. It shouldn't even be it the kids shouldn't even have shouldn't feel like they're they have less of a chance or they're more or like they're more dumb than other kids just because of the school they go to you know when and like when you look at different school districts you see such a difference um when it comes to the money they can use and you know when you look at high school um public high schools, public middle schools, they're overpacked with kids and they can't teach all these kids. You know, they have 60 kids in a class and they can't teach every single one of these kids the topic and still have enough time to talk about, you know, to talk about everything they have to talk about. Um, and when you look at statistics, um, I think it's it's also a racial problem. You know, if you look at a poor white school district, they receive about $150 less per student than national average, but they're still receiving $1,500 more than poor non-white school districts. Um, and this is from a 2019 report. You know, that, that also ties in um, racial problems and the place you live. You know, if you live in a, and you know, they're like, there's parents who try to get their kids into a better school, but they can't because of the district they live in. You know, that shouldn't, be happening. These kids should all have the same opportunities when it comes to learning because that's how you break stereotypes. That's how you um, create more diversity in the workplace. Yeah, I agree. What actually starts this would be like the, um, the school board and how they how they distribute the funding for all for all schools. Uh, and how and I feel like in the back of their mind, they all they probably have the the mentality of like, oh, we should give our money to um, the school that's going to do the best because that's where they're going to produce the best uh, students for the for society. And with that, I feel like it's just it's a way to oppress anyone of who's a part of um, anyone who is a good student, like a really, really good student who could probably be the president, but is stuck in a in a district where. Uh, the school isn't as good. They're, the school is not going to produce um, like smart children or or good citizens or anything like that. It's just it's a way to oppress um, those different schools. It's just it doesn't give any it doesn't give all students the same opportunities uh, when it comes to education. Yeah, they're putting these kids um, in poor neighborhoods. They're putting these kids into a bubble and making them feel as if they can't break out of that bubble. They can't you know overcome that. And like they'll be stuck there for their entire life. Exactly. You know, and that's I think that's where the mentality for some of the, these kids come. We're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere in life. So why am I even going to try in high school? Why am I even going to try in middle school? I think it comes down to diversity sometimes, you know, like I've been very fortunate to go to um, private school. Um, and, you know, and when I was when I was little, there wasn't a lot of diversity in those schools, you know. There were a couple Hispanic kids, um, 
but I think there was maybe one or maybe two, three people of color in my class, you know, and that's like what we're talking about that. There's no sense of diversity there, you know, and that shouldn't be happening. I think that with uh, just uh, just educational opportunities, uh, for example, uh, applying to colleges. If a college is, if a college sees that you're from, just just to separate them, if you're from a, a public high school uh, versus a private high school, private high school is generally gonna be the it has it comes with the with like the not I want to say connotation, but I'm not sure. It comes with the with the stereotype that like oh those students are better we should look at this student first rather than this this other student from a public school and the student from the public school could be possibly the hardest working student ever who just wants to do the best that they can and wants to get into this um college and but and then there's a student from this public school who's uh just for examples probably maybe a slacker maybe a little bit maybe a little bit slacker not as hardworking as the as a student from public school, but because of the school that they go to, uh, and just like the title that they each hold, like if they see where the school, where the public school um, is located, they'll probably think like, oh, we don't want someone from there. Like that's not going to be good for our, our school and their image um, at the college. So it's just I feel like there's a lot of a little a lot of unfair and like a, a lot of unfair injustice there too, where. Uh, some students are probably held back from getting into some colleges because of because of whatever because of yeah it's just very unfair um i think there's a lot of advantages um you know to even being a legacy to having a parent who went to a college you know they have such a higher chance of getting into that college because of their parents that's an unfair advantage that a child has no control over you know and that shouldn't be that shouldn't even be in the like when you look at a, an application, that shouldn't be like something that'll make or break their application. Exactly, it shouldn't be something that they consider. I think that colleges also consider where, you, like, what kind of environment you're from, you know, and your race into the equation as well for, for more of a benefit actually. Because like, if you're from a poor neighborhood and you go to a public high school and you're a minority group, then oftentimes colleges will be a little bit, they will be a lot, um, not a lot, but they will be somewhat lenient because like, for example, versus someone who is like rich, they go to a private school in LA, like there's a wide difference. So colleges are somewhat more lenient towards people who live in a poor neighborhood, for example, and they go to a public high school, and they also take the race into equation through things like affirm affirmative action. So, affirmative action gives the opportunity to for lots of minorities for a little bit more leniency due to wanting because the colleges, you know, they want diversity. They want diversity in their newspapers. They want to put it on their posters. They want to seem like they're not racist, basically. And they want to show that they're not racist, right? And actually, I believe that's that's good because colleges want more diversity. Yeah, and most schools, it, it is um, 
it is an advantage to be, um, you know, first generation to go to college, um, first generation to live in America, um, to be of a different um, race or ethnicity because they want that diversity. You know, you see it published when when you get the flyers, they're like, oh, like there's so much diversity. And then they, you know, they use that as um, like something to put on their posters, on their flyers. And when they go to um, when you go to like to um, college fairs, you know. They, they use that on their flyers and on their posters and everything, you know? So at the end of the day, I think being a different ethnicity or race is an advantage. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope that um, this has um, made you think. And um, we're going to leave with a question. Um, how do you think you can you can bring awareness about social justice issues in your community? And how, do you, how can you, um, you know, talk about this with your community and bring it up and um, try to stop these issues from happening. Thank you for listening.